Listening to Starshot, a Cortex actual play. I'm Kirby, your host and game master, and this is a Zed chapter. So Zed, where we last left off with you, uh, you were abandoning ship, had quite a ride coming down from the renewed to Janus. Uh, over the last several episodes, you have gone from investigating explosions on the aspiration the generation ship to apparently feeble interrogation techniques with the person who was responsible for said explosions you've also had to investigate a suicide uh, which took place on a deck of the renewed that you just didn't even know about which you know for a biroid that's supposed to be connected to your ship's network and have all that data that's uh, surprising is as if it never like existed for you yeah it was really embarrassing <laughs> yeah super embarrassing where we last left off with you specifically you had ordered an evacuation or renewed basically the mining asteroids were being catapulted at the renewed and this was apparently like something that was several days in the works Basically, giant asteroids from the belt were grabbed using the remote drones that are supposed to dial in and report in frequently with updates to your station. They didn't do that. And so you found out uh, with, I think we said like eight hours to spare, and you managed to work a full-scale evacuation with some minor exceptions. I think you, well, I don't think minor exceptions. Uh, remind me again, I think you like left the clones on there, right? I did. Yes, I, I, I decided to leave the clones there and I left uh, Cynthia Calhoun there. Very cool of you. But I think she was <laughs> going to die anyway. So I don't know. Can you really pin that one on me? It wasn't that big of a miss, I think. But with the clones, uh, you decided to leave them there because officially like the colonists of Janus didn't know about the clones. Which, can you tell me what you recall of the clones before I recap that? Yeah. So, so, I mean, the clones were basically these, you know, quickly flash-grown human beings that, I guess, I don't know if it's still called High Command, but kind of the, the military authority on Janus uh, was using for certain projects. Uh, this was a pretty top-secret thing, even, I think, within the government. And, you know... Zed was basically commissioned to, or yeah, he, he was set to run the Renewed uh, and, you know, oversee the clone workforce as they were building the Aspiration. I think most people planet side just assume that it was Byroids doing the work with the occasional contractor going up. And certainly many members of High Command was not uh, necessarily privy to the fact that clones were being used, which... Uh, seems kind of odd, right? Because this is a world that li liberally uses clones for all manner of work, almost as much as they do biroids. Yet, for some reason, this had to be a bigger secret. I think the optics of having human clones working under biroids is not ideal. Uh, I, I think a lot of people would maybe object to that. But at the end of the day, and, and also to answer the question of, well, why weren't the biroids the workforce? It's cheaper to have clones do it. So. That's sometimes how things end up going. 
Yeah, I think it's a combination of like multiple things, because to be clear to our listeners, because I don't think I've ever really made this clear, like the whole like lore surrounding clones, part of that comes from Shadow of the Beanstalk, which is a different setting. But also uh, James, who plays a clone, we kind of talked about how like clones weren't looked upon very greatly back on earth because uh, earth was this overpopulated place that was going through some hard times and so clones you know unlike a biroid you have to feed clones so it's another mouth to feed so there's a lot of like stigma from that that i think still carries over and so that's how that's that's part of the reason why we see clones treated as they are um, which uh, from your perspective zed They've always just been a workforce uh, working with or for your biroids. Yep. I also, I don't think Zed himself knows that uh, the character of Cole is a, is a clone, too. No, I don't think you do. But speaking of James, who plays Cole Reinhardt, uh, let's dive into our episode. So uh, I think this takes place briefly after your shuttle has already landed. You and the rest of the Byroids and inventory have been offloaded. You specifically are, are signaled out, you and uh, the fellow heads of the Renewed, to meet with high command officials to basically brief them on what happened, what went wrong, and to kind of go from there. I think like the welcome wagon here is basically these biroids are things that we need to inventory rather than like a, oh my God, are you okay? Is everyone all right kind of situation? Specifically, you're currently waiting for the proper military personnel to uh, basically meet and let you into the room so that you can brief them. And you're currently joined by Sam and Doc. So we're waiting to be interviewed right now. Yeah, it's supposed to happen any minute now. All right then. Well, that's, that's not ideal for... Uh, a conversation that I, I would like to have with Doc and Sam. You three are biroids. You can have like, we've already established they can do telepathic communication and your computer. So that conversation can happen. Like, I mean, you could basically do like a Shakespearean play in your head with Sam and Doc. Oh yeah. And the time that it takes for you to walk from the shuttle to this hallway. You can kind of have like a, like inside your head sort of conversation. Okay. Yeah, I I like that. All right. So I I think so. Th- this is all kind of something happening in their kind of in their heads with each other. They're kind of interfacing with each other. Zed uh, starts out by saying, um, "Doc, Sam, we need to talk. You've served me very well in all of this. Served our kind well. These next few moments will be very trying for all of us. Doc, Sam, do you know how the Bioroids first came here? We, we came here as navigators." We were the ones who brought the humans here, and we're the ones who discovered this planet in the first place. Without us, they never would have come here. And I was one of those bioroids who navigated the Deliverance many decades ago to this planet. I hope you see now that the humans did not appreciate this place. They clearly did not appreciate what we were building. I don't know how you both feel about this, but you might see now that the humans, they don't respect us. They didn't, they didn't even show us the true nature uh, of the management of the clone workforce. They, they, they lied to us about what was going on on our own space station. 
there's something I need to share with you. I never intended the aspiration for them. I was building the aspiration for us. We were the navigators that discovered this planet. We were the ones programmed to follow through on this mission of exploration. The humans with their factional conflicts here have shown us they are not capable of carrying out this mission. Now, I need to know, after everything you've seen, do you trust me? And will you follow me as I carry out this mission? Doc is the first one to speak, and he's the one that is built like to look like you, right? You're, you yourself are not so much a Byroid. You kind of have that I Am Legend look, right? You don't really have the synthetic skin, as I recall. Not I Am Legend, I Robot, is what you're thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Robert Will Smith movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I see why you'd mix those up, though. That's all I'm going to say. Well, uh, Doc is built like you. He was built later after uh, World Fall, and he's uh, among this trio here. He is the second oldest, um, you being the oldest, right? Having been on the uh, Deliverance. He says, what does that mean for us going forward? How can we trust what happens next? And then it's Sam who chimes in, Sam being your chief of security on the renewed he's the newer bots that is like half y'all's age and he's the one that's like full-on like has synthetic skin components on his body uh, but he's very much a bioroid and he says dc1219 you should be aware that what comes next is our decommissioning we serve no other purpose that is the protocol sam i understand why you may believe that right now. It may seem like there's very little hope for our kind. We lost aspiration, but there are other assets on this planet that we can use. The humans say we have a mission to them, but we have a higher purpose. Our purpose is exploration. It is discovery and colonization for what was the joint civilization that humans and us had, but they can't maintain it, and we can. Are, are you with me? My protocol and my programming has placed my loyalty with high command. I would encourage you to not seek out this action and to merely fall in the line. I do not want to work against you, Zed, but I cannot allow you to do what you are talking about doing. Okay. So Doc is kind of on my side here, right? Yeah, Doc's on your side. At a minimum, he wants to know what you have planned, but you know, you two are kind of homies for as far as biroids go. So he's with you. Okay. What Sam is saying is not too, like, Sam's reaction is not too unsurprising. I think you're kind of like a special case, right? Where you have like your free will and you're just kind of been doing what you're doing for whatever reasons are your own. But you also know that there are many biroids who have like underlying like functions and protocols set in place that even if they themselves feel differently, they kind of have to follow. And that's, I believe that that's the kind of shackles you're trying to break, right? Yeah. So actually, I, so I wonder if I can d do a role to try to break this from Sam. And the logic I would use for that is I, I think I'd, you know, tell Sam uh, that like, you know, yes, it, Sam, it, it is noble for you to serve high command here. Currently, 
you are still under my command, according to the laws of high command. I don't know if, it, like, could I do, could I attempt to do, like, an influence roll or something to see if, like, he'll choose to still, you know, if this is just as, you know, as simply hierarchical as, as it seems, maybe mm. he will just follow my orders because, like, we haven't walked through that room yet and, you know, basically he hasn't been given alternate commands. I, I think to kind of, like, reset the scene um, in terms of what's happening in the meat space is, like, you're having this conversation, like, ultra-fast, right? Like, yeah. literally, probably between, like, half a dozen footsteps. And so we have this shot where all these biroids, you know, the three of you, uh, but then all the biroids in the back getting inventoried are about to enter this building, but you're moving, like, super slow because you're having this conversation in your, inside your heads, right? And so it's very, like, unflinching in the meat space. There's no, yeah. like, reactions and stuff like that. So I think that's what the scene kind of looks like uh, from my perspective. It, what it makes me think of is in, uh, I think I don't think they do this with the current Assassin's Creed games, but, like, the in the old ones, whenever, like, Ezio or Altier would, like, kill someone, they do this whole conversation uh, in, like, in this other space about yeah. like why he's killing him and what the, you know, target intended. So it's kind of like that is like, this, this is really happening in a split second, but we're in this like alternate space in our minds that uh, allows us to perform all of this. Yeah. And they still do that in um, Assassin's Creed. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I think what, I think what this is, is like, it, it will be a contest for sure. If you want to play the influence route, uh, you absolutely can. As far as like influence is going to carry you, like you might change his personal opinion. But if he does wind up like having underlying like programming, because he is like, a, he's a security bot, like first and foremost, mm -hmm. uh, his job is to make sure that the rules are enforced. So if his programming winds up like seeing this as like an unlawful order, I think that's the kind of like conversation that you're trying to okay. sideline. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, he can, he, he doesn't have to follow what's considered an unlawful order. So yeah, let's, uh, let's absolutely pick up dice. I mean, don't forget you have, um, you have one uh, plot point. Yeah. So uh, as far as attributes, could I make the argument for using mental instead of social or is social pretty strictly like what I should use with influence? What's the argument for this reasoning? Yeah, exactly. Like it, it is kind of a logical reasoning approach I'm taking. Yeah, uh, go for it. Okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm good. I'm doing a mental influence. Uh, I'm including the chain of command D6 and then leader of the renewed for, for a D8. And then, okay, I think I'll, okay. So mustard accrue, I think, I, I don't know that applies here exactly, but. For some of the other stuff I might want to do, it might apply. So I'm going to roll this. Yeah, muster accrue is more like you're leveraging Ooh. external resources, whereas this is just you having a conversation with someone. Oh, nice. Okay, so yeah, I, I guess I have eight, and then my effect die is d10. Eight effect die d10. Uh, Sam is absolutely going to roll uh, against that. Um, he's very resolved, so I think we're looking at d10, and then a pair of d8s here. Ooh. So right off the bat, he also rolled an eight. I think I'm going to spend 
a die from my danger zone mm-hmm. to add that to to the total. So he has a total of ten, and because he doesn't have any more uh, any more dice left, he has an effect die of a d4. Before we like continue this contest, I think narratively, like what that looks like is you could kind of sense that he is currently trying to reconcile internally how he feels about this whole situation. And you're not quite sure which way he's leaning, uh, but you seem to be getting through to him on some level. I think you're kind of given the impression that like he's I mean, he's flat out shackled by his programming. Okay. And so, yeah. And so now it's like less about whether he himself would choose to go with you and just more about like his programming. Now, with that said, you know, contests still work the same. I will want to try to press again with a reroll. And and what Zed tells uh, Sam is that, Sam, uh, the destruction of the Renewed has given all of our programming something very challenging to grapple with. We're all in somewhat of a state of shock from it with, with our program. We don't, we don't quite know how to, this is a, f- a phenomenon that we're aware of. All of the assets that our programming is built around has been wiped. We may have difficulty deciding what to do next. One thing you do know is that I am your commander. And so I need you to follow me. And with that, I'm going to, I could try to reroll and make that go with that. Okay. And it would just be the exact same dice from before, right? Uh, it can be, yeah. Or I could try to change change it up. Yeah, I, based I'll off be- of that evolving fiction, right? Yeah, it's just like when you're trying to do something dramatically different. Like if you were to like suddenly shift gears and go in like a combative mode, um, that's a completely different contest. So technically you'd be giving in and then yeah. starting a new contest. I'm just going to go ahead and roll again then. Okay, better. Closer to what I was hoping for, given the high number, high size dice I was actually rolling. This kind of puts me at uh, 18, um, and then the d8 will be my effect die. Okay, I'm going to give in. And so I think what this looks like is Sam says, you have been my commander for these last several years, and you have been rather inspiring. That is why I say this with absolute regrets that what happens next just understand it was not under my control and with that said i think like you've you've won the contest he himself is convinced um of what you're doing uh but i think programming is is kicking in and so um just kind of in like the digital mind space um he is essentially gearing up to send uh, alert notifications uh, you're more than welcome to try to intercept that. But I know he's sending out an alert. You know he's sending out an alert. Well, that then it doesn't sound like he's on my side. <laughs> there's Sam, and then there's Sam's programming. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, whereas, because like just just to kind of like like yeah play out of like how I understood things, Sam himself wasn't sure whether he would actually be on your side, even if it wasn't for his programming. Mm-hmm. Your contests won you, won Sam over. That's what your yeah. contests got you. Yeah. Um, however, you have, like, you can kind of see Sam as two characters if you want, uh, but Sam's programming is kicking in. Uh, you're, you're talking about treason, potentially. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he's going to be sending, like, an alert. I noticed this. Uh, can I attempt to intercept that yeah. alert? 
Okay. You can actually attempt to intercept the alert, and this will be a separate contest, actually. Could I sort muster um, Doc to help me with this? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things you could be spending plot points on um, is you can create like a relationship die. Uh, mm-hmm. basically you know we've, yeah. we've played around with relationship dice before. yeah uh, but you can um since you're not officially on your sheet you can create a temporary relationship with sam um that lasts for a session yeah i'm gonna need to save the plot point i have because i have i have bigger things planned <laughs> okay so <laughs> you, know, you can always okay. hinder yourself because uh, i could definitely see yeah. you hindering oh right I could, I could hinder myself yeah yeah uh this might be a good opportunity to do yeah. that yeah, because you're very by the book, and this is not a by the book. Mm, yeah, by the book. Okay, yeah, that's a good way to do it. Oof. Okay. Two ones there. <laughs> yeah, two ones. So you got two hitches there, and I am definitely going to buy those hitches. So I'm going to add. Enjoy them. A, yeah. Yeah. And then you have the total of eight. And because you have no remaining dice, that's just assumed to be a D4 effect die. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, I kind of imagine that this is you versus like trying to break encryption. Uh, and I kind of want to, inc- um, basically what I want to do is just treat that like encryption or program or protocol, however you want to phrase it, as his own character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this is going to be working against you. Uh, this would be a D8, a D10, and another D8, actually. Uh, so actually not too different from uh, what was previously done. Uh, I will be spending a plot point, or not a plot point, I will be spending a d6 from my danger zone to add to this roll. Mm-hmm. And I have, oh, geez, I have an 18 with a d8 effect die. <laughs> uh, so with that said, this contest can still keep going if you like. Going back to Genesis, uh, among my equipment, I had like a, a stunner, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't even necessarily want this to escalate to combat, uh, but if I could use a plot point to basically like supercharge my stunner and just be like, fuck it, we have to shut him down um, and just like jab it into his neck to try to just completely like fry him. Okay, sure. If you want to take it that far, uh, we can absolutely do that. Oh, Sam, you give me no choice. (laughs) Now, um, we've already established that you have a stunner, so you don't you don't have to spend a plot point. You can just make the roll, and we say that you have a stunner. But or let's uh, say let's yeah. say I have mm-hmm. a dev- like I feel like the stunner itself would be like okay. Then I engage in combat. Let's say I have some sort of device that can kind of you know just disable them. It's like part of my equipment. It's just like hey, oh no, there's a biroid getting a little out of control or out of whack. Let's just shut them down. Or um, alternatively, I mean, you've been working with Sam for so long. We can say that. Maybe Zed had like fail safe like passcodes that you can just say to him that would like override certain functions. Like, do you yeah. know what I'm trying to say? Like, oh yeah, no, I I, yeah. I mean I think narratively it's kind of the same thing, and I think it also if I had a passcode like going into it that could just kind of get him to go at me, I would have just done that. So I think for this, it's like I think it makes more sense to mm-hmm. you know to be like okay, gotta override him somehow. Uh, and if you want, like, I think you already said you can spend a plot point and just make that into like a D6 asset. Yeah, sounds good. Jam the thing on his neck. I, I, ideally, it just disables him and shuts down his brain from sending out the alert. 
Yeah. And I think like I can imagine in the meat space, the three of you are walking around the corner. Uh, Doc is like looking up at a camera and the camera just conveniently rotates to look the other way. Uh, as you, that's why Doc's my boy. Yeah. As you stop and grab onto, uh, Sam, um, and try to like, uh, overcharge him. So yeah, go ahead and roll. Okay. That's not great. A lot of ones. Why is there so many ones? Yeah. Uh, go ahead and take two more plot points. I'm going to buy both of those. Well, it's a roll of 14. (laughs) Yeah. You rolled a 14, but that still doesn't beat his 18. So, right. Yeah. Uh, so he has an 18. He also has a D8 um, effect die. So I think what this looks like is I think you catch him in the corner, you stop, you're grabbing him by the shoulder, and then using your other hand, you're trying to drive that into the neck. His defense protocols kick in. And so he does this kind of maneuver uh, where he puts you in the arm bar and slams you against uh, face first into the uh, wall before you can actually like overcharge him. Man, this is kind of rough. So he's saying that, like, I'm sorry that I have to do this, Zed, as he is trying to slowly, like, crank your arm off. Oh, my God. He's not going to be able to do it, um, especially since I assume that you're, like, resisting as best as you can this position. But basically what this looks like is the alert message goes off. Um, That was ultimately what was meant to happen, right? Uh, And... You take a DA complication because that's what his effect die was. And this complication is going to be loss of limb, I think, is probably the most appropriate. Like he doesn't like rip it off completely, but your motor functions in that limb, um, let's say your right arm. Yeah, he fucked up. Yeah. Uh, So with that said, what would you like to do? You're pressed up against the wall. I think you can hear uh, Doc an instant later trying to pull Sam off of you. And I think at this point, you're actually kind of freed because of that. Um, And so it's like Doc now has kind of reverse positions. Doc is now like behind Sam, got him in like a sort of like weird like arm bar, but also like chokehold situation. Okay. And all the while Sam is saying, because, you know, he's in a chokehold, but he doesn't need air to breathe or talk. Um, He says, you're making a big mistake. I'm a newer model. You are an inferior design. I do not want to have to destroy either of you. Okay. While Doc's holding him, can we, can we attempt to shut him down again? Okay. Yeah, I think what this kind of looks like is you approach, um, and you now have like a clearer access to like a sort of, let's say there's like an access point to the side of his head that you just kind of peel the synthetic skin off of um, to, that if you want, you can just jack directly into. Okay. Let's let's do that. This to me is now less uh, about you versus a character and just like a standard like test. Uh, okay. So I'm uh, in a standard test. Remember, I get to roll first. And so I'm sure. going to roll the danger zone against you. Um, I don't think your loss of limb complication plays a factor here. Yeah. Uh, but that's still triple D8. Okay. And it looks like the stakes have been set to 15. Okay. To like hack into yeah. him yep you'll okay. need 16 or higher okay let's set it up um now keep in mind you have so many plot points i do yeah um if you want more dice you know you can create two relationships one for doc and one for sam um or you can keep those plot points to spend like after you've rolled now in creating those relationships what would the 
dice? Like what size dice would that add? Uh, the there are d sixes, but they last the entire session. Uh, yeah. Let me let me set this up then. So we're doing mental and operate. Computers is going in there. Uh, leader of the renewed and yeah. Let me use both plot points. Uh, or, or so I have like four plot points now. I'll use two to create relationships with both of them. Okay, rolling. Not a one in sight. No, not a one in sight. So right off the bat, you only have 15. So if you want to be successful here, you'll have to spend a plot point. Yes, let's do that. Okay. So I'm down to one. Just as quickly as this has like escalated in the meat space, uh, suddenly it's done. Um, you jack in to Sam, and we see his body kind of sort of go a little limp. And the both of your eyes are kind of flickering uh, as you're like processing those in the digital space. And I think like on camera in the me space, two seconds later, Doc lets go of Sam and Sam uh, kind of dusts himself off and says, I apologize for your arm, Commander. That's OK, Sam. Are you ready to follow orders? Oh, one, one clarification there. So is is alert still going out? Oh, OK, so. Just about to say, as soon as you like ask that, um, and as soon as he gives you affirmation, the alarms go off. Okay. In this hallway, so we see flashing red lights. We see, we hear an alarm going off. Uh, there's no one immediately in the hallway just yet. I think you're kind of just like in the service corridor because, again, you're just product. You're just inventory. So no fancy hallways for you. But that said. You know, it's not a very big base, and okay. security will be here very shortly. Uh, in fact, I think Sam says that. I estimate that it will take security approximately one minute and nine seconds to arrive. We should move. Okay, so some my instructions here. So, Doc, I need you to find Cole. We lost track of him, but he must be somewhere on base. Go search for him, and I'll send you the location to meet us. So, okay, so here's where I want to spend a plot point and I want to create an asset that is at the base and it's basically for the renewed or for the aspiration rather that I, I think there are all sorts of like scout ships and cargo ships and things like that, that well would have been sent up to like the hangars of the aspiration, um, basically for when the aspiration is used for discovering you know, other potential places for colonies, you know, we'd need all sorts of self-sufficient ships that could go out and, you know, and I, I imagine these ships would be ships that could like, you know, develop their own power sources and things like that to be self-sustaining. So to create an asset that there are, let's say, at least a couple of these ships on base here, I think what I'll do is I'll actually have Sam come with me. And we are going to head for where the rest of the bioroids are. I still want to use that asset to make sure that those ships are available. Those are just somewhere at the base as a thing. Mm. Sam and I will go to where the bioroids are being processed now because we need to try to bring them to our side. And, and Doc is looking for Cole. I would say just hang on to that plot point until okay. it becomes relevant. Sure. Um, but I think that's absolutely like a reasonable thing that would be here. So uh, that's fine. So yeah, I think... You and Sam then do like a sort of 180 to head back out. As we recall, your people were being inventoried 
out onto the main like thoroughfare. Uh, and so, yeah, I think our scene is now like exterior of the building that you were just in, that you were supposed to meet with um, some of the upper staff. And we see, I would say probably like 40 Bioroids standing by as like personnel were just moments ago until the security alarms went off. Uh, we're currently doing like uh, inspections and diagnostics, etc. They're now just kind of like left there as the personnel that were involved in that kind of examination have gone off to their perspective, like shelter in place or whatever have you, because they're not the security team. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, we are in a bright uh, winter morning here on Janus. The clouds are clear. Uh, it's a it's a be- beautiful day for a robot uprising. Uh, what do you what do we do from here? Okay, so I want to go to the bioroids. I want to attempt to give them a command, uh, which is basically that. One thing to, I think to factor in there is I think like we've established that there are different tiers of bioroids or like different versions of bioroids, and I think yeah. the ones that are kind of in the worker uh, or like I guess the worker class of, of the bioroids are uh, like, I, I think they'd be easier to persuade than someone like Sam or Doc. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's like really necessary, but like, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, maybe there's like simpler procedures for getting them just to do something. But of course there are, there are counters to that. And high command of course has its own, you know, prior protocols. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, I think Navigator units, which is like your model, right, mm-hmm. uh, Zed? Um, the way they were built and the when they were built, uh, they were built very early on, like either from the Deliverance itself or shortly after the Moral Fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, they've never really had strong shackles to begin with. Um, I think it's the newer models and uh, lower tier personnel that you have to worry about here. Okay. Uh, Because just like Sam, like, you know, they're all like generally with you. I think you as a commander would know that, but um, it's the programming you have to worry about. So I think the obstacle here really is just like, how do you rally your people, but also make sure their programming doesn't like lose you another arm. Yeah. Okay. I think I go out there. I broadcast to I think only the bioroids that I feel reasonably convinced are kind of on, you know, are, are likely to be on my side here. So I don't, I don't know what portion of those are, are, are them, but, but th- those bioroids. And, and, and basically I, I, I want to, I, I want to try to convince them that like, Hey, the alarms that are happening here, like, you know, th- basically like this base has been compromised. We need to leave. I sort of send the orders out that like, hey, there are these like two scout class ships that we need to commandeer and leave because because the humans at this base are are compromised in, in some way. I don't know that I have to give them that specific of a reason because they're intended to just follow orders. Yeah, I think if you want to like roll influence for this, because like I think in general this is very much like a trick roll, but because yeah. you're trying to capitalize on the vagueness of it and like your position, I can see using influence. Okay. Yeah, I think this kind of a race against time then, and I think what we're gonna actually do is a time test. Okay. 
is actually going to be three beats to get these people mobilized and isolated from the network in a way that they are not like turned against you. Yes, that's exactly um, what I want to do here. Yeah. And then also like hightail it out of there before uh, security actually manages to deploy and pounce on you. This is all happening very quickly. Yeah. Let's go ahead and kick off this time test with your first roll. Um, I'm going to go ahead and set the difficulty. All right. The difficulty for this first roll is 12. Okay. So what's your sort of like first priority here? If we're kind of like breaking this down, like you're you're looking to uh, grab as many biroids under your command as you can and yes. also make a clean getaway. Uh, what's this first roll look like? Uh, so I need to attach it to like one of those objectives, basically. Yeah. Okay. So let's say, yeah, first getting the biroids on my side, because probably if I have more biroids on my side, it'll be easier to do the clean getaway. Okay. Yeah. And we already talked about that. That should be just like an influence role. Yep. And you're so. in their chain of command. As far as they can perceive, they don't know that you're about to lose your job. So uh, that's a, <laughs> I have a new job you. now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like the idea of leader of the renewed, that distinction coming into it. So just to give you an idea of like, like where I'd love for this to go, like I'm kind of redefining what the renewed is a little bit. It's like, i I'd love what success would really look like is I, I, I'm creating a new faction, maybe called the Renewed. Anyway, I'm using leader of the Renewed now because we're going to forge this faction. Okay. This happening. Okay. Uh, now, okay. So I also here, there's, let's see, muster the crew and leverage the crew or high command resources. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. You know what? I, I think, so uh, one question, the relationships that we've established. Can I use my relationship with Sam to add dice to this? Yeah, if Sam is getting involved in like reinforcing this and whipping them into shape, yeah. That's a D6 that gets added, right? Yep. Okay. And then... Um, okay, so that would kind of... Yeah, okay. Let, let's go with this. Uh, not too bad, but you rolled more hitches. Uh, and even if you were to spend a plot point, you're not going to be successful here. So... Um, Time tests are all about being kind of like a fail forward mechanic. I think what this kind of looks like is that the biroids are a little slow to move. It takes you a little bit longer because they receive orders from someone who's considered higher ranking than you um, to stand by for inventory. But between you and Sam, I think you're able to convince them that like their safety comes first because the base is like going security alert, which they don't know is because of you just yet. So. I'm going to just buy one of those hitches that you rolled. I'm going to buy the D12. Uh, so just mark one plot point. Uh, that's two out of three beats. You're going to need to be successful or super successful on the uh, remaining actions here. So what would you like to do? We're going to attempt to commandeer those scout ships. So there's another thing. I, I think I also send a message to Doc to meet us where those scout ships are. Hopefully with Cole. This is less about like breaking into the scout ships because I think you would still have like the um, authorization to get into there. And I think it's just more about getting there. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is more of like a, I would say move or I could see notice um, in terms of like looking for it faster. I kind of visualize this as like, 
so all the bioroids and there are probably like some humans there like putting them through whatever processing procedures and mm. all of a sudden like a, a handful of them slowly start like walking away from whatever like lines they were marching in yeah. and then and then like would i sort of like link up with them and together we're like all running for you know the part of the runway or like mm. where where these ships are stored maybe a hangar and before I forget, I will say as you're making uh, this break for it, um, this causes you to pass by like a uh, one of the gates to the base, and you notice that like there's security there, but they're not concerned with you. They're concerned with this this like gaggle of protesters that are basically right in fr- uh, security's face right now. Oh. It seems like just at a glance, it seems like there are two different groups there. There's people with signs that are saying Janice is our home. We're staying. Uh, and then there are other signs like launch the uh, aspiration now uh, for people who are for like leaving. So, yeah, there seems to just be like these two protest groups right out front of the gate uh, where they're kind of like getting like heated up uh, over something. That's really interesting. Uh, but you're not concerned with that right now. You're currently trying to sprint to the um, appropriate hangers. So go ahead and put together your dice pool. Okay. Um, this That's... is potentially a harder roll. Yeah. Uh, no. So um, I rolled another 12. Okay. Uh, I also rolled an opportunity. Okay. Um, so you can uh, activate opportunities to step up existing a- assets that we already talked about, mm-hmm. or you can step down existing complications, uh, which the only existing complication is the loss of limb. Okay. Are relationships kind of categorized as assets? There? Yeah, with okay. how we're doing relationships, they're basically assets. Cool. Okay. So this is going to be physical and I guess fly, which is not ideal. Uh, I think this is going to be physical or move because um, oh, you're tr- you're still trying to get to these scout ships, right? Oh, no, fly is literally like flying stuff. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was like in the sense of like, oh, you know, fly you fool or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Move. Okay, well, it's D four either way. I'll bring my relationship with Sam into it, which would be D six. But let me go ahead and use uh, that opportunity to step it up to a D eight. Okay. Or no, uh, yeah, okay, D eight. Okay. Ah. Okay, 10 and a complication. I'm not going to buy that. How many plot points do you have right now? Uh, two. Yeah, I'm not going to buy that okay. from you. Okay. I'm not going to buy that. Uh, so 10 uh, loses you another two beats. Uh, I think, Ooh. yeah, the lot of you are running toward the hangers. You arrive in front of the hangers, the hangar door actually opening uh, slowly as you arrive. Yeah. You're not quite sure if you have a man inside. Hopefully it's Doc. It is not Doc. I think what you're greeted with is uh, stomping out from the hangar is a mech. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a single mech. Uh, I think the design of this mech is it's as if someone put like, man, this is actually starting to make me think of the crazy like uh, vehicles that Sonic from that one boss guy, the uh, what's his name? Egghead or whatever. Dr. Robotic. Yeah, so uh, it's it's almost kind of like that. It, the mech oh. is designed to be essentially oh, yeah the like the like, big round mechs yeah from the old boss yeah. battles yeah yep. And but this this uh, this is on legs and this is like stomping out uh, with a human pilot, um, and over the speakers, 
the pilot is uh, currently playing something, music, but also like uh, saying within his like speaker, I hear the Seychelles are pleasant at this time. And it's at that point that a lot of the newer Bioroids uh, that we talked about that are yeah. built different from you stop sprinting like almost to a dead stop and their head just kind of sags as they're kind of like deactivated. Now there are still like a lot of you Bioroids, the older models that are still moving and active. Uh, but right now this mech is standing between you and freedom. Do we know where doc might be? Uh, you do not know where doc okay, is. Okay. Um, yeah. And so this is like very clearly like overwhelming force. Like that's that's kind of the idea here, I think. Uh, if you want, you can do like a roll to get a better idea of what you're messing with because you have advanced analytics. You're a bioroid, and you can just try to do like a a no check, a recall knowledge check, if you like. Uh, uh, about how many bioroids do I have on my side? So you have thirteen total by your side right now, and these are all the like older like nav unit models that clearly don't have this weird built-in protocol that just suddenly deactivates. Okay. Okay, let let's charge the mech. I'm going to I'm going to just like set the put my, you know, fist forward and just like send our little, you know, send our little squad just to rush up to the mech and we're going to try to climb on it and disable the guy. Okay. You basically have a mob of biroids and so I'm going to give you characters well not characters i'm gonna give you Please tell uh, me extra all their names service. and personalities oh yeah absolutely there's uh zippo um he's kind of quirky one so i think for this you are going to have 3d8 all right that you can add to your role so long as like you're working with the mob uh of biroids for this mob is just like the term that they call it in mm -hmm. the game so you have 3d8 uh with you uh since you're trying to swarm this um mech Okay. Now, I will say, I, I don't know, did you want to try to do like the analytics role, see if you know something? Sure, yeah. Okay, uh, so what this is basically going to do, it's going to it's going to create an asset for free, mm -hmm. and the effect die matters for this. Uh, because if you're successful, uh, your effect die is going to be the size of that asset. Cool, nice. Yeah, so I'm just going to roll a pair of D8s from my danger zone. So this is like a threat assessment type of thing. Yep. All right. Uh, this is 11. So I'm doing a mental. I'm going to assume operate with computers can apply to kind of scan the situation. I, this is going to be more of a no. And am I advanced analytics uh, distinction? Okay. So this is just to like assess things. So I think the might of like Sam and my little squad of bioroids doesn't really apply here. No, not well. I could see you working with Sam telepathically. Okay. Maybe I could throw Sam on as a. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say do it. Um, Sam's a security biroid, so this is really up his alley. So eleven was my total. Right off the bats, you would lose this role unless you spent like a plot point. I would suggest spending a plot point. Also, yeah, I'll spend one. Yeah, so that way that will put you up and over eleven. And um, that will still give you a D10 effect die as your best effect die here. So uh, that gives you a D10 asset. So yeah, I think I kind of imagine that you and Sam don't break stride as you're running toward this. We're seeing this 
through your point of view and we get like all the analytics of like the model uh the height of the thing the weights um what kind of arsenal this is typically supplied with yeah i think you recall that there is uh, a couple of weak points here first and foremost a swarm of biroids can absolutely penetrate that glass or the dome that's encasing the uh, poor mech pilot in there. Uh, but second, um, if for some reason you didn't want to do that, the gun attached to one of the arm overheats a lot, and you can actually use that to your advantage. You can try to remotely connect to this mech and try to overheat that and basically blow off an arm. Uh, and because uh, you'd be blowing off an arm, this mech design specifically is very easy to put off balance. Uh, so it, it would be basically, it would have lost an arm. It would be very unbalanced uh, to pilot. Yeah, uh, I like that. Let, let's uh, attempt to overheat. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll. Let's see how this pans out. Oh, I rolled two opportunities Ooh. and a seven for the total. You should absolutely be rolling that D10 asset that you got for this knowledge. Well, this is the actual, yeah, right, the, the actual hacking. So I, I, I'd i like to use one of those ones to upgrade that D10 asset to D12. Okay, and yeah. can I also upgrade my SAM asset to D10? Yep. Yep. Nothing stopping you uh, so long as you have the plot points. Oh, it would be a plot point for each of those, right? So okay, so I think I I only have one plot point left. So let's just do upgrading that asset, and Sam will stay at a D eight. Okay, twelve. But there's a complication. So you're going to get a D eight hero die. So that's going to be a heroic success. I am not going to buy that hitch from you. Yeah, I think what happens here is that you and Sam and the rest of the Navians are kind of like in a full sprint. The commanders like repeating the uh, "here's a nice day in Seychelles" or whatever uh, passcode. And when it's clearly not working for you, I think the, let's say it's a Gatling gun, uh, proceeds to like start winding up, uh, but an instant later, it explodes before it even gets a round off. The mech teeters off to the side, but does not go down just yet. It goes in to begin using its free arm to essentially try to swipe at uh, you and Sam in one full sweep as you're still like sprinting toward the hangar and or the uh, mech here. You have blown off his arm. I think we can take one of your, your effect die here, which was a D12, and put down a um, elm balance complication. Okay. Now, we, we both have a loss of limb complication. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to spend a DA for my danger zone to say that this light mech is going to create an EMP-like burst, and this is basically translating um, into a new complication for you, which will be a D8 because I spent a D8. Sure, that makes sense. I think what this does is like, we're just going to name this malfunctioning unit. And from your perspective, like this blast goes, but nav units were built to be hardy. You needed to be able to na uh, navigate the deliverance through uh, some wild stuff, right? Yeah. I think what this does is the sort of like cyberpunk thing where your vision gets like obscured here and there. Like it keeps glitching, glitching in and out, like your visual optics and you slow down a little bit, but you're you're still able to move. This didn't take you out. Yeah. With that said, uh, what would you like to do? I'd like us to keep running to those ships. So with the hangar open, are those ships there? The ships is there. Okay. The ships are there. You would be leaving behind the deactivated byroids. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, you know, the mech can still try to do what it can to physically stop you until the rest of the security gets here, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I would say this is beginning to be more of a high stakes role or a high stakes scene. Yeah. And, you know, security has at this point uh, mustered and, you know, they're heading toward your spot. Actually, you may not know, but it's a pretty good guess. Right. So what would you like to do? It seems the, the mech is a little bit, you know, it, it's obviously off balance and it's like. I'm hoping that slows it down enough where we can basically run to those ships and take off. Okay, sure. This, to me, seems like it's going to be more of a move roll, which I know you're a huge fan of. Because I think what's happening here is that there's still, like, it's not the full might of the base security here, but there's some security that was already posted here in the hangar that's going to try to blast away at you as you try to approach the thing. So this is kind of you trying to dodge those bullets and just make it into the scout ship. Doc was supposed to meet us here. Is there any chance he's going to show up? This is all happening very quickly. Okay. Um, you sent Doc to... So I'll, I'll put it this way. If you want, you can try to tap into the network and see if Doc is even on the network. But there's some risk with that, right? If you tap onto the network, there's risk of being hacked. Mm-hmm. I think we also have so little time too. So yeah, I I'm fine with not doing that. I, I and the idea was the assumption is that if he's not here, something happened and he you know was not able to join us. Yeah, I haven't forgot about Doc. I, I yeah, uh, I'll say that much. But and with that said, like he's not here. Are are we trying to make for a death sprint? Or are we trying to hold out here? It's, I mean, it sounds like you would just want to make it onto the show. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go for it. I think what this like narratively looks like is that you have security who I'm going to roll as a character. Uh, so this is very much a contest that you're trying to dodge bullets for. Now, because you have the mob of viroids falling after you, you can roll them in the, in this pool, right? Mm-hmm. Narratively, I think the um, mech is also still trying to stomp after you. Okay. And because the mech has that complication, you can roll that complication against them. So the D12 unbalanced. I would yeah. like to do that. So essentially with distinctions, I'll be using like by the book, but I'll downgrade it to D4 because it's very much not by the book. Uh, what's your total? Nine, but there is one complication. Uh, and then I assume a D12 effect is what you want. Yes. I'll buy that hitch, add it to my pool. With a nine and a D12, they're absolutely going to roll against you. Uh, so you're up against the mech who also has a mob of security of his own, uh, though it's not as mighty as your triple D8s. I'll add a double D8 for him. Uh, all these units are like malfunctioning a little bit due to the EMP, um, even with the advanced shielding that nav units have. So I'm going to roll that against you, D8. The mech itself is pretty meaty for these purposes. And with that said, we're looking at a... 15 with a d10 effect so yeah i think shots are being fired uh the scout ship that you talked about some viroids are making it on there uh the ramp is now like actually i I think what this specifically looks like is you have made it to the um, scout ship and you're currently interfacing with it to lower the ramp the ramp is very slowly coming down uh very painfully slow and yeah the mech is frankly, almost the size of this scout ship. Uh, And it looks like it's just going to flat out uh, destroy this uh, scout ship. I think if you were to just like let this let this contest 
lose, you'd just be losing a chunk of your biroids. But what about the ship? Like, like the sh- is the ship compromised, basically? Uh, no, I, I think the ship is still good. You'd just be losing more biroids. Your mob would uh, grow smaller. Okay. And can I attempt to roll against this? Like, what, what does that look like? Yeah, it's still a contest. Okay. Do you want to try to hack it again? Or, th- I mean, this is very much all in the same vein of, like, trying to make a getaway, so... I think we're, we're taking off, basically. So, if, yeah, in the scuffle, maybe we lose some biroids that... Or, yeah, like, this is where I can set up a role where I'm trying to pilot this thing, maybe. Or, or maybe maybe I'll have... It seems like Sam should pilot it. I don't know. Well, we, like, already have that relationship... Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's say I command Sam to just get us out of there. It seems to me that you're still needing to make some sort of roll. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you got a 14. Uh, well, you're about to earn a plot point, but you can't spend yeah. it immediately. Okay. Um, so because I am. Let's deal yeah. out the punishment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're going to you're going to get taken out. You're going to get TO'd. So. Uh, I think what this basically looks like is that you and Sam make it onto the um, ship, or yeah, the scout ship. Begin to get the engines going. Your mob of biroids are like, I think you can see them in the viewpoint, viewport of the scout ship, trying to make it on or buy you time. So there's like half a dozen trying to climb onto the mech feebly. And actually, I think they like, I think narratively they do get the mech on his backside. But it only gets on its backside because it falls back onto the uh, cockpit here. Yeah. Uh, so your last sight is of this giant mech falling uh, into the cockpit and things going black as we end the episode there. All music and artwork was done by James Austin, whose other works can be found in the show notes. If you'd like to keep up on the latest Starshot news, follow us on Twitter at StarshotPod. We'll see you among the stars. Thank you.